It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, I want to welcome you again. Matt Hausman here, Smart Money Questions Podcast, starting our new format. So just to let everyone know, in case you didn't hear the last podcast we did, with Walter. Moving forward, what I'm going to be doing is we're going to do a couple of these a month, still in a podcast or audio type format. In addition to that, we're going to start including a video once a month, anywhere from 5, 10, 15 minutes long. That's going to be in our video tab at our website, smartmoneyquestions.com. And then part of the new format is going to be interviewing people on the show. And so whether that is clients, other professionals, attorneys, CPAs, other professionals we deal with, maybe even bring in some of the vendors that we deal with, and then also other advisors. And our goal with that is going to be to constantly enhance the value that we're providing for those that are listening. Always you know, feel free to forward these emails out or encourage other people to listen and uh, actually subscribe, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on Google or Stitcher. We're on all of them now, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all of those different formats on how to listen. Of course, the videos are going to only be on our website, smartmoneyquestions.com. So what I want to jump into today is I came across this article right after the first of the year, and I thought it was really interesting because so many times when I'm meeting with people, I always get this I always get this question. Do I have what it seems like other people have? In other words, they're wanting to have I find validation to whatever they've been able to save and accrue up to this point in time, does it match everybody else? And then I also get the question, is it going to be enough? Is what I have accrued going to be enough to make sure I don't run out of money? And What I'm going to talk about today is I thought was really interesting because it doesn't matter who I've met with and how much they have. When we start to work together, they end up having certain mindsets that allow them to look at what we're helping them with, the planning process, the investments, those type of things. But it's their mindset and how they look at those that ends up being able to help them go through with the plan, stay with the plan, and really develop in talking to them an inner sense of peace with that planning process. And so what I found is I I found this article titled, What the Rich Don't Do with Their Money. And as I read through it, it made me realize that so many times we use the word rich and we automatically just think of money. But There's so many other things that are involved with being rich and or wealthy. You can be wealthy in health and marriage with your kids. It's more than just money. But in looking at these different mindsets, as we look at money, going through the process, again, all spectrums of clients that we have, and doesn't matter how much they have, they're able to go through this process and maintain the right mindset as they're going through their financial plan that we have collectively designed and are constantly monitoring, they maintain the right mindset for more peace of mind, more being rich in 
what they're doing, how they're doing, enjoying retirement if they're already there, or being prepared for that retirement that might be happening over the next two, three, five years. So if you look at the name of the article, the name of the article is What the Rich Don't Do With Their Money. And there's eight quick things that I'm going to go through here on exactly what they don't do with their money. The first thing they do not do is they avoid uneducated risk-taking. They look at what is the risk element that they're going to be taking with wherever they're going to place the money. And many times we'll go through the planning process with someone, and what we're wanting to do is we want to first take a snapshot of where they are, and let's analyze the risk that is currently within all of their different investments, make sure they understand it. And many times what I found is people were were unaware of how risky or maybe even non-risky their money was. So if it was too risky, they'd always wondered why they had experienced such volatility in the values as it goes up and down. On the flip side, if they didn't have enough risk, they were wondering why everything I hear from my friends and on the TV is the market is their investments and market is going up and I'm not doing anything. And so first is being able to come to an educated part on where they're able to understand the risk that they currently have within their investments. I thought this was really good too. The second one, they avoid fad investing, gold, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, precious metals, all of, you know, real estate down in Florida, what have you. They avoid those type of things. And then I thought this was really interesting is they don't seek out investment advice from their friends or family unless their friends or family happen to be experts in the financial world. That way they don't fall victim to investing into these fads. The next thing I thought this was, you guys have heard me talk about this for years, is the rich don't panic. And so in many cases, they have, and for all of us, it's taking us years to build up whatever wealth we have now at this point in time. And what they do is they look at where they're placing their money. They make sure they have liquidity that allows them to weather any type of volatility, whether they're investing in the stock market or maybe something else where they go back to the first. They're educated about the risk. They're not going to panic in the situation or, for instance, if they are invested in the market, if a market conditions turn south, they've already created and we've talked about having different buckets of money. They have a bucket of money that allows them to stick to their plan in right out through the down markets and possibly even continue to buy during those if it is part of their plan and they have enough liquidity to be able to take on that. The next thing, they don't put all of their eggs in one basket. I thought this was interesting. Many times people will have all their money tied up in one type of an account. Many times, you guys hear me talk about this all the time, it's a retirement account, an IRA, a 401k, what have you. And they have all their money invested there. Well, what this article talks about is the ability to have it in different buckets based on tax characterization, which as you all know I speak about is so important. And let me just tell you a quick story. I just had somebody in my office literally yesterday and going over discussion and she was telling me, I want to retire today. I don't like the direction my company's going, blah, 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 blah. Well, when we sat down and we looked at the assets, the issue that she had was 100% of her money was in a tax-deferred retirement account, a 401k. She's under the age of 60 with no health care options until 65. And I essentially had to give her the bad news that unfortunately, you're going to have to pay an enormous amount of health care because 
of where your money is tax characterized and then how that's going to contribute to the increase in your health care premium. If she just would have had money in other buckets based on tax characterization, non-qualified traditional investments, possibly a Roth, having it there as the first level of diversification, we'll call it tax diversification. And then the second thing that this article talked about, and then diversifying by having a stock portfolio, bonds, other fixed instruments. We talked about liquidity earlier, maybe a savings account, even talks about real estate, rental properties, things of that nature. So looking to diversify across all different spectrums, and also we can talk about each one of those diversifies by risk. And so that's another important thing that they do. The other thing I thought was interesting is the rich do not depend on a hope and a prayer. They use financial advisors to help them craft a well-thought-out financial plan, and then they follow the plan for many many years, or depending on if there is a certain financial goal that's part of that, they're going to follow that until the goal is achieved. Basically, they're not winging it. They actually go through the process of planning and working with advisors to get there. The other thing they don't do is they do not succumb to unbridled optimism. So they look at positioning the money, kind of like what we talked about earlier. They are looking to make investment decisions and not just always looking at the upside, recognizing within each investment there is a certain amount of risk. And so they look at it in a very pragmatic way. The other thing is they do not liquidate. They don't liquidate when all of a sudden there is market volatility. They follow the plan. They stick to their investments. And they're not looking to liquidate just at the first sign of market volatility. They stay there. And the last thing that they do is they avoid the herd mindset. They're not looking to follow the herd when it comes to investing. They're looking to follow their plan, something that was specifically developed for them. So I thought this was real interesting. Again, if we go all the way back to the beginning of what we were talking about, and that is the idea that I have so many people ask me all the time, is this enough? Kind of wanting to compare. And what I've realized over the course of the last decade is it doesn't matter how much someone has when they follow what it is that we're talking about here. Most importantly, they don't do those things is it doesn't matter how much they have. They become rich in understanding that they're fulfilling the plan for them. They are achieving what many of them would say would be peace of mind. They're able to understand whether the storm and in many cases, the storm is just all the media onslaught that we all are getting on a daily basis. So I hope this has been helpful because I, I just want to let everyone know this stuff is so important. There's so many clients that I've spoke to, and in some cases, they might have only been with us a year or two. Others, it could have been, you know, eight, nine, ten years is when they stick to this information that many of you hear us preach over and over and over again. They have told me repeatedly that with that repetition, it really gets ingrained in them and they end up releasing a lot of the anxiety that they had before. It's just so important to be able to recognize, not to say that we're still not going to have some anxiety. Notice I didn't say it like eliminates it because we know that there's still going to be that there. I always know you can call us and we can go through whatever the situation is or whatever the anxiety is that you're dealing with and hopefully be able to mitigate that as to what our plan was and is on an ongoing basis. 
basis. So that's all I've got today. We're going to be looking at another one here in a couple weeks. Also be paying attention for the email to go out for the video for the month of February. So thanks again. Signing off, Matt Hausman. Everyone keep well. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again.